0: Here's today's quote. Quote, So live your life that the fear of death can never enter your heart. Trouble no one about their religion. Respect others in their view, and demand that they respect yours. Love your life. Perfect your life. Beautify all things in your life. Seek to make your life long and its purpose in the service of your people. Prepare a noble death song for the day when you go over the great divide. Always give a word or a sign of salute when meeting or passing a friend, even a stranger when in a lonely place. Show respect to all people and grovel to none. When you arise in the morning, give thanks for the food and for the joy of living. If you see no reason for giving thanks, the fault lies only in yourself. Abuse no one and no thing, for abuse turns the wise ones into fools and robs the spirit of its vision. When it comes your time to die, be not like those whose hearts are filled with fear of death so that when their time comes, they weep and pray for a little more time to live their lives over again in a different way. Sing your death song and die like a hero going home. End quote. Those are the words of Chief Tecumseh. Chief Tecumseh was a Shawnee chief who was born in 1768-ish near present-day Xenia, Ohio, and he died in 1813 in Moravian town in Upper Canada at approximately the age of 45. And I say approximately because, as I'll mention later, record-keeping at the time was not particularly strong, so we're not sure that Tecumseh was born in 1768, or exactly where, but that's what's believed. We do know the date and time of his death, because that happened during a major battle, which, again, we'll talk about in a little bit. So he was about 45 years old, still very young by today's standards. Now, you may have heard all or part of this quote before, This is another that goes back a good ways in my quote book, so I don't have the exact provenance, but I'm fairly certain I probably heard a line, likely the first or the last, because those are the most famous, and upon further examination found the entire poem. And this is not an explication in the formal sense, as we just did one of those a couple episodes back, but this quote ties in nicely with last week, so we're putting it here anyway. And to be completely honest, I didn't know a lot about Tecumseh before beginning research for this episode. It wasn't something that came up in my education a lot, or if it did, I didn't recall it when I went to go begin studying for this. But he was certainly a fascinating man who lived in fascinating times, and certainly not all of them were good. Tecumseh spent his entire life, essentially, short as it was, fighting against American expansionism. And he fought to protect Ohio, Indiana, Michigan, much of what we would consider the Midwest today, from the westward movement and land seizure by the growing United States. And of course, we know, based on the map today, that his efforts were largely unsuccessful. He died, in fact, at the Battle of Thames, fighting alongside the British against the Americans. And it's worth noting here, in addition to the uncertainty around Tecumseh's birth year and location, there's also a reasonable, though small amount of uncertainty, that these words are actually his, and are exactly as they were originally said. And this is not unfamiliar with us, we've dealt with this here before, uncertainty of providence, as, as I've come to call it. In this case, there is no great works of Tecumseh, or memoirs from which to reference. We're talking, after all, about a period of time where a lot of word traveled exclusively via word of mouth. Not everything was written down, and formal records are scarce to non-existent. So, we must accept and deal with some level of uncertainty here. But I don't think that that detracts from the message here, and it is a really good one. We need to remember here that Tecumseh was a warrior in the truest sense of the word. He fought for decades, seemingly unceasingly. And, as a member of the military, myself, we are often called warriors, and while I appreciate the sentiment and acknowledge that we do indeed stand ready to fight the nation's battles, that there is a stark difference between someone like Tecumseh and me. The comparison is almost laughable. And this is not self-deprecation or aggrandizement of Tecumseh, just a highlight of the difference. For example, many years ago, before I deployed to Afghanistan in 2012, I remember receiving a cultural brief on the region in which we would be operating and on the nation as a whole. And one part of it, stuck out with me and continues to do so to today. And it highlights the differences between societies. The instructor told us that life and death are viewed differently in Afghanistan compared to the United States. And this wasn't a value judgment. This was not said in a condescending way. But rather meant to describe the perspective on our, meaning the United States and its allies, presence in their country and what impact it had on their lives. To us... Americans and most all of you listening abroad, the idea of a foreign military occupying your country for decades is absurd. For Afghans, it's more or less been a way of life for longer than many of them have been alive. Many of them were born into an occupation, or the recovery from an occupation, or the preparation for another occupation. That's very foreign to us. And the example that the instructor gave was of a young Afghan boy eating breakfast with his uncle, who then, the uncle this is, picks up his AK-47 and goes off to fight, and doesn't return that night. And that that is semi-normal there, far more normal than it is here. And that stuck with me. So too, I'm sure, with Tecumseh. This is a man who was intimately familiar and comfortable with death. It's part of the reason this poem revolves so much around the concept of death. Death is as much a part of life to him as breathing. So let me read the poem to you one more time, and consider now what you know about Tecumseh, and you know about death, and different perspectives on it, as I read it. Quote, So live your life that fear of death can never enter your heart. Trouble no one about their religion. Respect others in their view, and demand that they respect yours. Love your life. Protect your life. Beautify all things in your life. Seek to make your life long, and its purpose in the service of your people. Prepare a noble death song for the day when you go over the great divide. Always give a word or a sign of salute when meeting or passing a friend, even a stranger, when in a lonely place. Show respect to all people and grovel to none. When you arise in the morning, give thanks for the food and for the joy of living. If you see no reason for giving thanks, the fault lies only in yourself. Abuse no one and no thing, for abuse turns the wise ones to fools and robs the spirit of its vision. When it comes your time to die, be not like those whose hearts are filled with the fear of death, so that when their time comes, they weep and pray for a little more time to live their lives over again in a different way. Sing your death song and die like a hero going home. End quote. And you probably noted that there are some familiar themes in this poem. Not fearing death, living a life of purpose, respecting others, dying with dignity. And we've seen that repeatedly in movies and books and TV through our whole lives. There are quotes on this and blogs and videos about every one of those things. In fact, as I was researching for this episode, I came across countless life coaches who use this quote to motivate their clients and advance their brand. And good for them, it's perfect for that. It lays out, like much of what we talk about here, a path to living a good life, to challenging us to improve and better ourselves. Because realistically, whether you are or are not today, You probably were afraid of death at some point. I mean, hell, I don't want to die, not anytime soon anyway, but I know that I will. And like we talked about last week, we only have so many boxes on the chart left. And there will be one less box next week, no matter what we do. And I like the second line here in the poem about troubling no one about their religion, and respecting others and demanding to be respected. You could easily replace religion with any other number of topics, and the line would be equally valid, if not a touch generic. Tecumseh references, multiple times, in the lines about a death song. And this was particularly interesting to me, because I don't know about you, but this is a somewhat self-descriptive and intuitive, while unfamiliar topic. I certainly didn't grow up thinking about this or crafting my own. And a death song was, and is, to many Native Americans, a demonstration of courage and preparedness for death that might come at any time. Hmm, sounds like something we talked about last week. It is traditionally short and compact, and it's easily memorized and repeated, which is important. Some people have described this poem as Tecumseh's death song. I don't think it was. This is far too long to be considered a death song, and I'll give you an example here towards the end of the episode. But I think this was more alluding to the fact that we should all consider death to be imminent around every corner and be prepared for it, to live our lives in such a way that we don't look back with regret on the day of our death, supposing we see it coming. And you can create your own death song if you like. I don't think that would be culturally appropriating to do so. I think this is something we, that is valuable for all of us, and I'll talk about why here in just a minute. But there are many ways to do this, and if you like, there are descriptions on how to do so, and examples plenty online. And I think the most apt description that I found as I was researching what a death song is and why it is important was that in preparing and honing and memorizing and repeating one's death song, it helps to prepare us for the inevitability of our death. It is an acknowledgment That we are going to die. It is a recognition that that day is coming. And if we see it coming. And we accept that it is coming. Through the practice of. Writing our own death song. That's really powerful. And I've said before. That most of us have a very. Unhealthy relationship with death. I'm speaking mostly for western societies here. There are exceptions of course. And some people are much much more familiar with it than I am. But that. For example, we avoid using terms like died and dead, and instead we say things like pass away and are gone, to soften the blow. And so even by acknowledging the value of a death song, we are using an uncomfortable word. Death is an uncomfortable word. But as we know on this podcast, discomfort is often the seed of growth. And that's where this week's quote ties again into last week's quote. Tecumseh, I'm sure, would align with Sam Harris and Tim Urban in recognizing the finiteness of life. And that we ought to cherish life's moments, and avoid wasting time, and hurrying through things, and instead would say that death is coming ever closer every day. And that we should not fear it, but we should not ignore it. And that's how Tecumseh's words are valuable to me. And I hope that they are to you as well. And I'll leave you today with the death song of some Apache warriors I was able to find online. The story goes that they were trapped in a cave in 1872 by American forces. And they sang this song before exiting the cave. And they exited the cave with arrows knocked and ready to fight against the rifle-armed American fighters outside. And of course, they were obliterated. But this was their death song. They said, quote, Father, we are going to die. For ourselves we grieve not, but for those who are left behind. Let not fear enter our hearts. We are going out to die. End quote. Until next time, I'm Matthew Monroe. This is Quotations, and thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app, or visit me at quotationspod.com. To download and listen. Please also take a moment to recommend the podcast to a friend. That's a huge help. You can tweet at me at quotationspod. Send me an email to quotationspod at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at quotationspod, or join the conversation on Facebook at quotationspod. I look forward to hearing from you, welcome your feedback, and thanks as always for listening.